and go. Okay, so one is puns. I am the pun queen. My puns are fantastic. They're amazing. You'll love them, I promise. Um, and then two is, especially if, you know, if you use microservices, you want to know about how can I do like CICD? How can I have continual compliance? Please come, right? How do I put two versions of a rule out when I have data that might be late arriving and make sure that each of those, that those messages, those events, those things that they can track back to whatever regulatory aspect was in force at that time. My name is Anna McDonald. I work for Confluent and I am the technical voice of the customer. Is everybody in? All right, good. If you haven't noticed lately, we've been talking to speakers who will be part of the Open Source and Finance Forum, November 1st. We're finding out more about what their talks are, but really what we're finding out is more about who they are, where they've come from, how they've risen to the position they have, whether they're a developer, a technologist, or even a non-technologist as well. So um, today we are talking to Anna McDonald. She's the technical voice of the customer for Confluent. She is speaking on enabling real-time regulatory compliance with Kafka Streams and Morphere. And Morphere is one of the uh, Finos open source projects around open regulation. So not only do we talk about what Kafka streams are, what Morphia is, but also what happens when you start coding at five years old and know exactly what you want to do when you're five years old. And add to that, you're raised by a bank general counsel. You kind of love regulation. So <clears throat> I had a great talk with Anna um, and uh, we went uh, a bunch of different places for sure. But uh, it was fun. I learned a lot. I hope that you get a lot out of this because uh, there are definitely some things that are a lot more technical than we normally cover here. Um, and that's good because we really get to uh, delve into a uh, developer mindset and exactly what she's seeing every single day as she's working on different things right now and bringing two of her favorite things together, regulation and Kafka streams. Um, literally, she was wearing a Kafka streams t-shirt when we met. So I uh, hope you enjoy this with Anna. But first, I need to make sure that I send out a huge thank you to all of our sponsors for the Open Source and Finance Forum for New York. November 1st, Databricks and Red Hat are our leader sponsors with Discover. FinOps Foundation, Major League Hacking, Open Mainframe Project uh, as contributors, and from the community side, Adaptive slash Aaron, Gradle, Intercluster, Men.io, OpenJS Foundation, OpenLogic by Perforce, Orcas, Percona, Sonotype, and Tidelift. Thank you very much for uh, sponsoring the conference and making all of this possible. So with that, I'm going to let you actually hear from Anna. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold of Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today, I have Anna McDonald. She is the technical voice of the customer at Confluent. Anna, say hi. What up? Hello, everyone. That's better than hi. <laughs> um, Anna is going to be speaking November 1st at the uh, 
I've always got to look now. Open Source and Finance Forum, OSFF, November 1st in New York. And she's going to be speaking on enabling real-time regulatory compliance with Kafka streams and more fear. Um, so before we get into anything about your talk, uh, let's talk about you. Anna, how are you doing today? And uh, tell us all about yourself. I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Um, so, yeah, I am from Western New York originally. Buffalo, go Bills. Um, huge Bills fan. Uh, I was a principal software developer at SAS Institute for many, 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 many years. Um, and then I decided, fell, met Kafka, fell in love, um, yeah. and started doing more eventing and event arc driven architecture. Um, you know, worked on tons of CDC data, um, legacy things like brownfield environments, and then decided I wanted to do that full time. Um, so I went to work for Confluent. Um, I work with all of the largest, you know, GCIP banks doing technical architecture and event-driven applications. Uh, most recently, I've taken a new position, and that's what the technical voice of the customer is. Okay. I like it because it makes me technically a volatile organic compound because it's TVOC. You know, they can uh -oh. see it on paint. I'm like, yeah, like on paint cans. Um, right. So I thought that was pretty rad. Uh, and so what that involves really is... In this new world that we're in, there needs to be a tight coupling between what's out in the field, what outcomes do we need to achieve, and then the engineering side, right? How are we architecting this, especially in highly regulated industries? Um, are we doing gap analysis with CIS standards for EKS? Things like that. And so you really need somebody who's out there in the field who understands this industry and then can take that back to engineering and product, right? And go ahead and make sure we're achieving those outcomes. And when our customers come on board, it's it's not a tech risk, it's a checkbox, right? That's what we all love. And so that's kind of what my you know position is overall. And part of that position um, is to engage in you know things like Finos, where we're really driving towards those unified open source standards, uh, which is why I'm such a fan of it. Um, and so that's kind of why I'm here. Because it's awesome. Cool. Let, let's go back a little bit. Like, you know, you said you worked at the SAS Institute for many, many years. Like, mm -hmm. what, what, what brought you to here? What, you know, I, I interviewed somebody yesterday that they started out with a finance degree and they ended up being a developer. Um, so, you know, what, what, um, you know, how did you prepare to get to the position that you are now and, and kind of what, brought you there, I guess. Well, I started programming on the VAX when I was five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and on the VAX at RIT, they had SAS software. And I was like, I'm going to work there. And they <laughs> did. And uh, it was it was great for many years. I mean, SAS had its own everything. We had our own C compiler. Mm -hmm. um, it's my, my, my pride and joy, my SAS <laughs> on Linux. Um, yay P-Threads. It was yeah. amazing. And um, I really enjoyed my time there. I enjoyed the people there. However, I really missed open source. So I was, you know, participated in have tons and tons of friends and, uh, and, and comrades, shall we say, uh, in the Linux community, there's no cabal. And so working at SAS, it was wonderful, but I really missed participating in open source. And so when I saw Apache Kafka, I was like, this is perfect. Um, you know, I can create these eventing patterns and give them away to everybody. Um, yeah. And so it was really a kind of a passion thing for me to get back to doing open source and and participating in those types of communities. Um, I was a math major. Um, okay. okay. Like it didn't really make sense for me to major in CS. <laughs> I've been doing like, you know, programming my entire life. Um, but yeah. I love math too. So I, I majored in math and mathematical statistics mm -hmm. um, and at RIT, go Tigers. Okay. 
Um, so it was wonderful. And that's kind of how I fell into this. I decided what I wanted to do when I was five. And that's then awesome. I did that. And then I missed open source. So here I am. Cool. Uh, actually, one of my best friends went to RIT. Um, he, that was back in the 90s. So um, yeah, I was back in the 90s. I'm old, okay. man. Yeah, I was there. I was there in the 90s. Don't worry. Sweet. You may know. Um, we'll talk later. Um, so let's let's talk. Let's do some baseline things also. Um, you know, in a nutshell, can you tell, you know, me what are Kafka streams and and um, sure. and then like, why are they important? I guess. Absolutely. So when I first met Kafka, I got all of our data into Kafka. Right. It was in like this Oracle database. We used Goldgate. It was great. It was in Kafka. And I was like, yes, it's there. And then I was like, oh, no, what do I do with it? Like, how do I take this data and transform it? Mm-hmm. And I looked at things uh, like, you know, like a Flink, like a Spark, like all these other things. And they, you know, needed a cluster to run them. Yeah. Um, and then I found Kafka Streams. Kafka Streams is just a Java library. Yeah. That's all it is. So it's a native microservice way of communicating with Kafka. And just like anything else, like it's Kafka streams, right? Not streams. So yeah. it inherits a lot of the native protocols in Kafka, um, such as like failover, consumer group coordination, all of these things that we think of um, that you're, if you're familiar with Kafka, you know. And at the end of the day, all it is is a jar file. So then include, all you do is put it in there and it's mm-hmm. got these wonderful capabilities like windowing, right? Um, it, it automatically bundles state. So we use RocksDB as our default for local. And then that's back to Kafka. So you can do these wonderful stateful applications. Um, and it's all event driven. So events are a first class citizen in case streams. So a lot of the yeah patterns you want to do work naturally in Kafka streams. Can you go back and, and say what events are as well? Yes, I absolutely can. So I have a very strict definition of events. Okay. Events are something that happened. Events should always be in past tense. I always tell people like there are a couple of red flags, like when you get into eventing, right? If your if your event name is never not past tense, what are you doing? You should look at it again, right? All right. It should be like something like end of day reached, right? Okay. Or something that has happened because that's what an event is. And those events are things, you know, I think part of the reason why I'm so passionate about them is because they're what happens in the real world. Mm-hmm. They're the way that the world works, the way our brains work. They're what drives everything. And modeling that in a system is very natural. When we think especially about domains like finance, you know, insurance, these things where everything is driven by something happening, whether it's a trade, um, you know, whether it's end of day, whether it's, you know, kind of you, you've hit risk exposure, whatever it is, something's mm-hmm. happened that you, you need to then foretake, you know, action or multiple actions on. Um, so that's really what eventing is. And event driven architecture is building your systems around events, um, mm-hmm. and which is very different than event sourcing, which is its own thing. I always like to say that because sometimes people use event sourcing as a catch-all mm-hmm. and I don't mind, but if you've ever gone on Twitter, there are a lot of DVD <laughs> people that do. It is. It's like, it's like sometimes you kind of want to troll them and like call something event sourcing. That's not just to watch them like, go oh, and like, always, <laughs> you know, I'm like, maybe like, you know, t- have some tea or something like calm down, but they are two different things. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so I guess, would you say that, the event architecture that you're building is you're building something that is then structured around real things so that it is actually, you know, I guess usable in the real world, you know, in, in in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Hey, I just applied for a loan, right? 
that would be like a loan application submitted event. Okay. Right. Okay. The loan, you know, maybe loan application processing, loan application approved, loan application denied, right? Hashtag right. sad, but it right. happened. You know what right. I mean? So these are all things. And then anybody who cares, because there's multiple people that care at a bank mm -hmm. when a loan application is submitted. There's right. multiple things that have to happen. So multiple people can consume these events mm -hmm. and then go act on them. So it's really democratization too. Everybody knows what's going on via these events. And so I just, I mean, I couldn't love it more. Cool. So let's now switch to, you know, the second part of what you're talking about. Um, and again, we're, we're not getting into the details of the talk, but, but we're doing some baseline. So you're going to be talking about Kafka streams in regards to more fear. Mm -hmm. uh, and Morphia is a Finos open source project. Um, and um, can you, again, in a nutshell, describe how you see Morphia and, you know, what it does, you know, within finance, I guess. Um, tell, tell me what my open source project does, because I have no idea. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so so I, I've just moved back in after being out for six months. But if not, uh -huh. I have this thing like on the wall behind me. And it has things that I'm proud of, right? Mm -hmm. There are a variety of them. And some of them are there. One of them is a certificate from the Portuguese government where we had to get this internal system certified with the Portuguese government when I worked at SAS. And I will never forget how long that took because I was on the side that was writing all of these hashes and coding it and making it to the standard to then submit it. I mean, and it was nuts. It was a mm -hmm. lot of work to make sure that people basically don't cheat on that, I think is the idea there. Right, right. Okay. Um, but the back and forth between the people that understood the regulation and the people that, like me, were coding it. And I was raised by a bank general counsel. So I love regulations. I read them all the time. I absolutely do. And I adore them. It's like, it is, it's, it's like, it, it like second nature to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember thinking like, if I wasn't doing this, this would take three times as long and mm -hmm. it's still not going as fast as I need it to. Yeah. And so they've tried to, over the years, create things like, you know, uh, what is it? BMPL, like all of these kind of language, like things that make it easier. And none of them have really been, in my opinion, as impactful as they need to be. Okay. So. Last year, when I was at the conference and I saw Stephen's talk on Morphe, I was like, aha, now this has legs, absolutely has legs, because it removes that communication between the people that understand, look, read a regulation, understand mm -hmm. what it really needs to implement, right? And then those show up, they can show up in unit tests, they could show up in event messages, right? They could show up in anything and then be automatically embedded in an application. Okay. And so at the end of Stephen's talk, I raised my hand. I said, hey, I said, is there ever any regulations that you could think of that, that would be better to do this like in real time or closer to real time? And he was like, well, yes, that's the beauty of Morphia, right? There's no sort of you have to do it in this language or you. It, it's really the idea of coupling. He goes, for example, you could use something like Kafka streams. And I was like, <laughs> could you now? Because I am, you, you know. Kind did of you have your shirt on at the time? Just I didn't, you. but I kind of okay. wish I did. Um, but I am kind of like the queen of, of K-Streams. Um, you know, I love it. Is it great for everything? No. Is it mm -hmm. wonderful at the things that you should use it for? Yes. Right. And so I got very excited. We had a great conversation after that. And then in this past year, I've kind of been working and looking at the K-Streams roadmap. We've added some things in open source. You know, K-Streams is open source, right? Um, we've added some things that make it incredibly more powerful to work with this type of evolving regulations, which I'll talk about, you know, at my talk. Um, 
But I really do think that when we look at, especially the regulatory landscape, which is over, it's just ever getting more complex, more and more complex, both in terms of like, you know, geography, right? Um, You know, where I am, what I'm doing. And then just in terms of as we build, like, you know, you look at generative AI, right? Like one of the things I'm thinking about is, okay, well, can we programmatically do these guardrails? Because that evolve as like legislation come and the things that the parts and pieces we needed in case streams, we've really put in over the past year to really make it a good fit for this type of thing. Um, and so I just think, you know, Morphir is where where somebody who knows what's going on can directly interface with the thing that's supposed to do that, which I don't think anyone can argue is incredibly valuable and advantageous. Yeah, that's um, uh, I, I will tell you kind of a backstory on Morphir. Um, in 2022, um, when we were deciding which projects we were going to really highlight throughout the year Mm -hmm. and work through, um, and you know, that's where we're going to put all of our marketing. That's where we're going to put, you know, a lot of our time and attention on the project side as well. Um, Morphe was not even mentioned in any of that. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden, and it it became this you know pretty awesome lightning rod if that's a good term that's it it's a good thing I like it. Um, ben, ben franklin was down with lightning i think you're yeah good. exactly <laughs> in in so many good ways um but but it became something that like it came out of nowhere for us and and um the steven um you know that anna's talking about is steven goldbaum from morgan stanley um who you know introduced this to the finalist community um but the next thing I knew, like we were doing marketing behind Morphe and, and, and in my brain, I was like, wait a minute, what is this thing? Like we weren't even talking about this at the beginning of the year. And then it just caught on because, you know, what I'm hoping is, is that the other people see Morphe the way that you have, which is, Oh, um, well, I talk about it a lot in my talks too. When I give, I like spoke about it at NASDAQ, I was over in London speaking and I talked about it, uh, at a FinTech, you know, luncheon. I mean, I think, I really think it's great. And, And the more involvement we get, yeah. from the community, like the better off we are, which is why I submitted this talk, you know, because I think it's important for people to understand how powerful it is. I agree. Lightning rod. I like it. Yeah. Or thunder. Yeah. Call it like, you know, be like the Thor, right? <laughs> oh, I can see generative AI mid journey making a picture. Of- right. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do it right after I get off of this, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've actually got my mid journey up right now. So, um, I, yeah, no, You're prepared. Yeah. I, like I, I am, I am, I, I would share the screen, but it probably not a good idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so, so, you know, we have a little bit of time left. I, I, I did want to, you know, get into, um, you know, uh, you know, some other things that, that have, that, that I think, you know, you said that, you know, it kind of sounds like, you know, you're a regulation, I don't want to say maven, but a, you know, a junkie almost, maybe, yeah. you know, that's, and, that's, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, we, we started this, um, this, the SIG, the open regulation SIG, um, I think last year and, and it has, it has grown more fears is definitely part of that, but you know, how, are there other places that you see open source, you know, in finance, open source helping financial regulation, you know, that that maybe we're not hitting right now? Um, and, you know, I mean, you could 
yes, Morphir is is been great for the community, but but are there other places that that you're seeing with the work that you're doing outside, um, you know, with Confluent, but also outside of um, you know Finos and Morphir that you would say, here's some things that you should pay attention to in the right space that we might be able to attack with open source. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I have a number one, and this is okay. the policy, 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 policy. Currently, there's no winner yet for for a standard policy language, mm-hmm. like in all of computing. Like we have OPA, like Amazon, I think just open source theirs. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a couple of other ones that are out there. To me, the future is going to be policy driven. Now, that okay. policy may come from regulatory aspects. Right. And that's the beautiful part about a policy is that policy can be built mm-hmm. from any sort of data source, right? Can be built from an you know authorization perspective, can be built from a regulatory perspective. But what I would love to see is more participation from the you know fintech and finance space about, hey, what type of policy language do we need? And then also, how do we make that universal? Because I think the thing I see, and, and it's not sort of, it's not unique to fintech to that space, but it kind of is one one of the most drastic examples of it is there is not a piece of software, there is not a domain in computing where there's not someone in FinTech using it, right? Mm, I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is, right? Whether it's a cloud provider, whether it's Vax, I'm sure someone has MVS like kicking around, Um, you know, right? Like we've got like AppSetic, we've got all of these systems, which is why I like it because it's Mm. not easy. It's complex. And finding elegant patterns to unify that kind of thing, standards are key. And, and you should, you know, people should understand that, right? Because if you have 75,000 systems and then you're doing reconciliation, and I think there's like the open data model. I forget what the, the official name of the project is in FinOS, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, that is that is a beautiful step for that as well. You know, finding those unification points and those standards to, to make sure that when we have a regulatory aspect, right, it doesn't just get implemented in a little silo. It has to span the whole firm and and different, you know, different LOBs and different parts of the firm. And so that policy standard and kind of having a community built around, hey, how are we doing policies in general? Who wins? What what do we need in a policy language? We expect Mm -hmm. these tenants from a policy language. I mean, I think that's an area where I know there's, you know, been some talk and some work on it, but I would love to see, you know, more participation and leadership um, in that type of an open source space for fintech. And not just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of crazy for policies. It is true. It sounds like it, but also that uh, I, I say cool a lot, uh, but it is pretty cool that, that you are interested in it to the extent that you are, because obviously it it's paying off for you personally, because, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis, I'm, I'm going to just assume that you actually love what you're doing. I do. I <laughs> and and that is so powerful not only for you know us as humans and and you know feeling good about what we're doing but it but it's powerful for everybody else that's around you as well um so uh so again that's cool that's awesome um so i would like you to give an elevator pitch hmm. uh, <clears throat> why should anybody who's already attending these um, open source fin- in finance form, or somebody who is not already, you know, does not already have a ticket, why should they attend your talk? And again, your talk is enabling real-time regulatory compliance with Kafka streams and more fear. And go. 
Okay, so one is puns. I am the pun queen. My puns are fantastic. They're amazing. You'll love them, I promise. Um, and then two is, especially if, you know, if you use microservices, right? Um, you want to know about how can I do like CICD? How can I have continual compliance? Um, please come, right? How do I put two versions of a rule out when I have data that might be late arriving and make sure that each of those, that those messages, those events, those things that they can track back to whatever regulatory aspect was in force at that time. It's a very hard problem to solve and we can solve it with my talk. And so it, yeah, we can totally, it's going to be awesome. Um, and I think that, that if you're in a position where you want this kind of elegant, non-outage, non-cutover microservice deployment, and then the you know piece de resistance is you want to drive it by Morphia, which allows you to let the people who know the regulations be involved in that process and drive your actual, you know, whether it's testing validation, whether it's cutover, whether it's staging, it's perfect. So this kind of gives you end-to-end, real-time evolving regulatory compliance. Not one and done, but evolving over the entire life of a regulation. Um, so if I would go to see my talk, if it were, I were me, that should, you know, that should be enough. That, that, that's where we're going to drop the mic. All right. <laughs> Anna McDonald of Confluent. She's the technical voice of the customer. And uh, again, her talk is enabling real-time regulatory compliance with Kafka streams and more fear. November 1st, New York City, uh, Marriott Marquis. Uh, we will have a great time. It'll obviously be a great talk by somebody who knows exactly what she's talking about. Um, and uh, let's, uh, uh, let's get ready for that and let's have a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, with that, I'm going to close by saying um, good day, good night, and wherever you are. <laughs>